What's up, everybody? Welcome and welcome back to the Group Sessions Podcast. I'm excited to be here for part two of Me, Myself, and I. If you haven't yet heard part one, make sure that you go back and check it out. It was pretty dope, really popular. I'm glad that I got such a great response from it. To everybody that supported, thank you so much. If you're new here, this podcast is about bridging the gap between informed public health and healthy mental hygiene. The way that we do that is we have these discussions that enlighten us as well as educate us on our mental health experiences. So I appreciate you guys holding the space. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome. Thank you for being here with me. Uh, This is part two. In part one, we talked a lot about, it was basically geared towards self-sabotage. And part two is going to be geared towards appreciation. And we're going to really dive into what it means to appreciate yourself versus depreciate yourself. And we're also going to talk about scenarios where those types of things come into play. But before we jump into that, make sure that you definitely show your love on the wherever you're listening to this from, whatever platform. Give it a thumbs up. Turn the notification on. Give me a five star rating. And most importantly, share this on your social media so that we can continue to grow our family and, you know, just do good work for a lot of good people. We are definitely streaming on all major platforms, which includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, also Anchor if you guys don't have a paid service. Well, actually, I think Apple Podcasts is free. Google Podcasts, I believe, is also free. And Anchor, you guys can actually listen to it without an app. You can just click the link and just go directly to it. If you're following me on Instagram, check out my link in bio. I finally have a link tree. I know I should have been had a link tree, but I was so against it. But I finally just gave in and got a link tree. So now you can click my link in bio and go directly to the podcast. Or you can listen to the podcast, my most recent podcast episode based on just it's actually posted on my link in bio. You can just press play. So there's a lot of ways for you to access it. We are also auto posting to YouTube. So every you every time an episode gets uploaded, a video, well, not a video, but a YouTube audio is also uploaded to the Internet gods. So you can catch it there as well. It's about that time of year. I let you guys know that I am opening up some slots for mental health coaching for anyone that is interested in working on one to one sessions with me. At the time of this recording, I have about four slots open. Um, However, act fast because I'm already getting some intakes. So I should be, you know, doing setting up a free consultation with two people this week. And if it's a good match, then we will move forward. Uh, So, yeah, make sure you hit me up. That's going to be at robertstmichael.com. You can go to the website Or you can just follow me on Instagram at Robert St. Michael. Make sure that you spell the whole thing out. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-S-A-I-N-T-M-I-C-H-A-E-L. So yeah, let's get into today's topic. I just had a conversation with somebody really important to me about a situation that I was with, uh, I guess, struggling with the moral dilemma. I said I was aware of a problem that 
other people weren't aware of. However, I didn't want to be a part of the solution. And I was like thinking to myself that if I'm a part of a project with someone or in some type of creative endeavor or business arrangement or any type of collaborative situation, uh, and this it, this circumstance wasn't any of those things. Um, it was something a little bit more personal, not really on a professional or creator type of level. But it was a situation where I f- I'm a part of a group effort, right? And with this, I felt, well, we've been working on this group effort for months now. Uh, and in the beginning, I did a lot of work to put us on a certain path uh, for success, which to me requires a lot of time. Now, if you know me in real life, you know that I hate wasting my time. That I cannot even. Money, I'm not saying that it's okay to waste money, but it's not personal. But time, I cannot give back. So when I put my time into something, it's because this is a this is something I choose and I assign value to it. Doesn't have to necessarily be paying me or doing anything for me, but I'm marking this as a valuable concentration in my life, which means that when I'm focused on this, there are other things that I'm not focused on. So the value of what I'm focused on is the cost of not being able to focus on those other things. In business, they call that, well, actually not business, economics, they call that opportunity costs. The opportunity cost of doing something is everything you could have been doing if you weren't doing that thing. So because of this concept, I'm very picky about what I spend my time doing, who I choose to do things with, because, you know, I don't I don't want to feel like I'm putting value into something that is actually not valuable. So long story short, in the beginning. I put a lot of work into positioning us as a group on a direction of success. I made decisions, I built foundations, and I explained to the group that this was the best way to position ourselves when it comes to this particular thing. Over time, that direction has changed. Um, I've obviously voiced my concerns, but... I'm not a person that's going to constantly go back and forth and push and push against because at the end of the day, it's not just me involved. And yeah, I can't just enforce my will on the group of four or five people. So when I'm, when you're working with a, gr- a group of people or anything that's a team effort, you have to be willing to negotiate. You have to be willing to meet in the middle. And the direction that the group wanted to go was so extreme opposite from the direction that I wanted to go that the middle ground was completely off target to the point that realistically, this extreme negotiation misses the intention of what we're doing in the first place. However, me being a team player 
and not wanting to inflict my will upon the group of people, I said, you know what, let's give this a try. Now, in giving it a try, the shit didn't work out the way that it was supposed to work out. Um, we plummeted. We took a de- we took a hit, and we're now at a space where it's starting to become. It's starting to become to light that the turn that we took wasn't in the best interest. Um, that has already been information that I knew from the beginning, but this is a learning process for them. And so for me, my moral dilemma was I feel like the insight that I have could contribute to us fixing this problem. But who's going to be responsible for the solution? That's the question. Because somebody actually has to do physical and actual work. Somebody has to invest time. Somebody has to invest money. Somebody has to invest resources to get us back essentially to where we were in the beginning, the direction that I put us on. And I knew that I did not want to be a part of the solution. And the reason why I didn't want to be a part of the solution is because I already did this. This is what I already said. This is what I already did. This is what I already told us to do in the beginning. And it sat with me because I was feeling kind of bad. I was like, why is it that you don't want to be a part of the situation, the solution? What is the value in discussing a problem if you're not going to be a part of the solution? And in talking this out, what I discovered is that the reason why I don't want to be a part of the solution is because I felt like my perspective was underappreciated in the in the first place. Another word for underappreciation is depreciation or assessing something lower in value. And I felt that my original contribution required a lot of, it was an expensive contribution. But I made that sacrifice to put us on a direction that perhaps was a bigger picture than my group was able to see until we're now running into the problems that we could have avoided. And so I decided that if I did not want to actively be a part of the solution, then poking holes at the circumstance doesn't do any good. You know, when you're dealing with people who are defensive and committed to being right, even when they're wrong, there really is no growth that can take place from a back and forth. That's something that I've learned. People who are committed to being right, when being right is more important than actually being right, or being right is more important than learning, being right is more important than growing, when people cannot admit or see that they are wrong or say that they are wrong, when people will defend tooth and nail their decisions, even though 
They're giving it more confidence than they should. Those are people that you need to just let learn the hard way. Those are not people that approach life with curiosity. Those are not people that approach life with opportunity to learn and grow. And often those are people that run in circles in their own life because the only thing that fuels their forward motion when it comes to interpreting experiences is their own experience. So they use their own little limitations to create new truths around the world. And when those truths turn out to be false, they justify them with their limitations and add that to their limitations to create new truths again. You know, so you can only have an argument that's going to be healthy with someone that's actually willing and looking to change their perspective and understand a new perspective. But the debate and the back and forth, that's something that I no longer participate in. So if you're listening to this and we're cool, just know, because I was a big debater. That was me. I was constantly debating. But over the past, I would say six months to a year, I don't argue like that no more. I don't do that. So if you're listening to this and you know me, whether we've seen each other recently or haven't seen each other for a long time, just note that that's going to be something different about me that is going to be picked up. I am not arguing with people who have limited minds. That's to me, that's like arguing with a child. If I if I meet somebody that has a limited perspective... I'm not going to argue with you. (laughs) You're stuck in your own limitations. That has nothing to do with me. That is on you. And I am not going to take the time and energy to argue with someone who is incapable of seeing a larger picture beyond their own limitations. So considering that bringing up this problem is either going to lead to a pointless argument or just going to force people to dig their heels in the ground even more, I said, I'm not going to bring it up. You know, I'm going to participate to the extent that I'm comfortable participating in this project. And I'm going to give within what is within my boundary to give. You know, I'm not going to overgive. I'm going to give what I'm comfortable with giving. And how much I give has nothing to do with how much I have. This is where we get into the appreciation versus depreciation. How much I give to you is not dependent on how much I have. Just because I have a lot doesn't mean I'm going to give you more than a little bit. What I give you is based on how much I think you will appreciate what I'm giving you. That's that's the determinant factor in all of this. At this at the same time, am I going to give more than I have? I shouldn't. I can't. It's going to bite me in the ass if I do. But even if I have abundance of it, I'm only giving what I think is going to be appreciated. Appreciated is the upward value. Looking for the upward value in my contribution. Is that that's what I'm going to give. And I find that whereas I used to give days, hours, weeks working on 
things for this particular group, this group of people, I only give them a few minutes of my day now because I feel comfortable giving a few minutes, given the level of appreciation of what my contribution will be by these people. Now, there are other people where I will give so much more of my time because I know it's going to be appreciated. When I find myself in positions where my communicate where my contribution is not appreciated, it is up to me to withdraw that deposit. It is up to me to remove it is not up to people to adjust how they respond to my contribution. It is up to me to determine how much of myself will I continue to contrib- contribute. If I continue to give the same amount or more knowing that it's going to be depreciated by whoever I'm giving it to, that is a form of self-pity. Because I actively know that what I'm doing and what I'm giving has less value than what it takes to give. It takes me a gallon of value to give you this. But when you take it from me, You only give it an ounce of consideration. And once I become aware of that, it is my response. Now, my actions are reflective of how I treat myself at this point. If you tell me that the connection to me giving to you is that you are guaranteed to be hurtful in return to me, you've now created a link of my actions and my treatment. So if I continue to give, knowing exactly what I'm getting from you is basically like I'm doing it to myself. If I tell you, hey, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. I leave you alone if you leave me alone. But if you if you decide to hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Right. You're going to hit me with the expectation of, well, you should hit me with the expectation of me hitting you back. The only thing that was going to determine whether I was going to hit you back is what you did first, right? So the same thing, I, I say, if you give me a slice of cake, I'm going to punch you. And every time you give me a slice of cake... Regardless of how big or small it is, I'm going to constantly punch you with the same amount of force, right? If you continue to give me cake with the expectation of being punched, to an extent, you're doing this to yourself. So if I know that my contributions have his, have already been underappreciated or depreciated, When I do it, knowing that I'm going to get under appreciation in return, it is a reflection of me underappreciating myself because I am now starting to create a reality and an exchange with you over and over that trains me to treat what I'm giving you as less than what it's worth. And remember what I said about arguing with people with limitations on their mind. It's like 
created, they're creating a truth based on a limitation. That's the same thing that I would be doing if I continue to contribute to a group that does not appreciate what I'm doing. Over time, I'm going to start creating this script in my own mind that what I'm doing is not worth that much. That at whatever I'm getting in return, that's what I should be getting. And I should be grateful for that. You know, and that's a truth based on a limitation. So me participating in that exchange shrinks who I am. It makes me smaller. Situations like this is when you have to ask yourself, is having something truly better than having nothing? And that's up to you to decide. For me, when it comes to certain aspects of who I am and what I contribute actually most, but I won't lie and say all, in many situations, having nothing for me is better than having what like less than what I'm worth. I would rather not do a job using my creative talents and my creative abilities than to put hours and hours of creative talent and creative abilities into something and get underpaid for it. You know, what it you know, it just takes too much energy to put out certain things for them to be treated like it's just, you know. So that's a question for you to ask yourself in certain aspects of your life is having nothing better than having a little bit of something. I don't know. There's that quote that said it's better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. Some people say that's not true. <laughs> it's better to lose love than to never experience it. I don't know. That's up for debate. You guys can comment down below how you feel. Do you feel it's better to have a little bit of something versus having nothing at all? That's that's totally up to you. But what I will say is whatever that truth is that propels your actions and where you find yourself constantly returning to places of depleted worth, whatever's propelling you, is if you keep letting that exist, it's going to become your truth. And when those types of things become your truth, it, it's not even a matter of you reacting a certain way. You're going to go from returning to the problem to actively seeking out problematic situations to make you feel normal. So um, that's what I have for you guys today. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed part two. I'm actually thinking about doing a part three. <laughs> uh, I hope that you enjoyed part two and I hope that this resonates with you guys just like the part one resonated with you guys. I really enjoyed baking this. I hope that you appreciate the new format as well. Um, I know that it's a little bit different, but it feels a little bit more personal. It feels a little bit more comfortable for me. And um, I think that that's going to translate in the actual episode. So make sure that you guys subscribe wherever you are, follow wherever you are, turn your notifications on. That's the most important thing because you want to get the notification when I drop a new episode Give this a five-star rating, put a thumbs up, drop a heart. All of that stuff seems small, but it helps a lot, okay? And make sure that you share this episode with somebody that can benefit from it. Um, that's that's what I have for you guys today. I will catch y'all in the next episode. Um, and thank you again for holding space with me.